And then in the third place, let us notice the effect of the opening of the heart of Lydia, the effect of his work upon her. She attended unto the things which were spoken of Paul. First of all then, what we may learn from Lydia's case. First of all, who was she? She was not a maid. We are told that. A certain woman named Lydia, a seller of purple of the city of Hyatira. There was her native city. And Hyatira was a long, long way away from Philippi. It was right on the other side of the Aegean Sea and deep in the interior of Asia Minor, over 250 miles away from Philippi. And we can gather one or two things, too, concerning her. She was a seller of miracles. Now we find that the city of Hyatira was noted in those days for its purple wounds, for its dying, but especially for its purple dying. Now, did you tell them that Lydia must have come to Philippi in connection with that industry which belonged to Thyatira? And it is of some little interest that that city is still noted in that part of the world for each day. It is not called Thyatira now, because the Turks came in long ago and took possession of all that area. And of course they gave their own name to the city. That the dying is still apparently being carried on there yet. Well, she was not a native, a native of Philippi, she was a stranger, an incomer. And we gather too that she was not an idolater. Philippi was full of idolaters. A few used to assemble there in this place by the riverside, who did not worship idols, and she was there among them. Then she came to know of the true God, we are not told. Whether she knew of the true God before she left Hyatira, we cannot tell. Or it may have been after she came to Philippi that she received the knowledge of the true God, we don't know. We are told that she was a worshipper of God. The, probabil the probability is that although she was a native of Thyatira, she was a Jewess. The probability is that those who are wont to meet by the riverside there were Jews, or Jewesses rather, because apparently they were all women. And it was because they were Jewesses that they knew of the God of Israel, the God of Abraham, the God of the Old Testament Scriptures, and that is the one true God. For the God of the Old, or the Old Testament is the God of the New, the only God. 
when she was a worshipper of the true God. And because of that, she was wont to meet there in that place by the riverside on the slab of Eve. Probably it was a secluded spot where they could meet together without there being any danger of their, their being disturbed. And apparently there they met every Sabbath day. They had no synagogue. They were too few for that. But here was their place of worship. Out in the open air and under the leafy branches probably, hard by the river. So on the Sabbath, that sight must have been witnessed when others were hurrying from the country into the city to the temples of the idols. There was this little company taking their way up to the secluded glade by the riverside. And we may well imagine that they got to love that spot. The spot where they were wont to call upon the name of the Lord. <coughs> it is wonderful how one can become attached to a certain place because of its associations. And these were apparently serious minded women. And they could not possibly be meeting together in that way without feeling a great attachment for that spot. Now, one Sabbath they went in, and to their surprise, there were two strangers there, men, speaking to the woman who had assembled. It was apparent that they had come from far. <coughs> they were travel-stained, and they were sunburned. They spoke in all probability Greek, but they spoke it with a foreign or a strange accent. They could see at a glance that these men were not natives of the place, that they had come in from somewhere at a well, Lydia had to see that, and she began to listen to what they had to say. And they began to tell the women there about Jesus of Nazareth. They had never heard him before. They knew nothing of him. They knew nothing of Christ. If there were Jewesses, of course, they would have heard of a promised Messiah. But this Jesus of Nazareth, they knew nothing about him. And they told them how that he was the Son of God. And that he had taken to himself human nature, had been born of a virgin, had gone about working out a perfect righteousness and so doing as the representative of his people, of those whom he came to save. And how, if 
eventually, dead in their sins, he has met the wrath of God in their woman's stead. They told them hell he had gone down to death, and hell he had been laid away in the grave. They told them hell that the grave could not keep him. But that he rose in the power of his mind. <coughs> and that at the sight of that of him, in his glory, the keepers, the soldiers who were there, held to the ground as dead men. <coughs> they told them, held that in a short time, after he had revealed himself unto many. He ascended up to the right hand of the throne on high, and that he still reigned there, and would reign until the end of time. Poor Lydia had never heard anything like this. And we can well imagine that she was spellbound. Apparently, the message she heard reached her heart. She was not a thoughtless, careless woman, that is quite evident, or she wouldn't have been where she was. Sometimes, thoughtless people, careless people, are converted. And when they are converted, well, we hear a great deal about it because it's a most extraordinary thing in our eyes that such as these should be converted. As an actual matter of fact, the bulk of those who are converted are naturally serious-minded people. We're putting no limits upon the power of God. And we are not for a moment denying that some of the greatest sinners, the most thoughtless and abandoned sinners have been converted. But just during times as they are, the most of those who are converted are converted and people hear very little about that conversion. Why? Because of being, being seriously minded all through. They have been respectful towards religion and towards the enactments of religion. They have desired to lead a good life. They have been serious minded. They have thought of eternity and of their soul and of the Word of God. Now, apparently Lydia was one of that type. She was a serious-minded woman. And that teaches us this, that it is a good thing those who are unconverted to be taken up with the things of God, to give their attention to those things, even although they are not converted. It's a good thing for the unconverted to be reading the Word and thinking of what they are reading and even praying. Assuredly praying when they're reading that the Lord would reveal the mystery of the, of the scriptures unto them. 
that their soul may be blessed. No, we would not say that that is conversion or that that will inevitably ensure conversion. But we do say this, that without giving attention to the things of the Lord, conversion will never be. No person has ever been converted without giving all his heart and his mind to the things that are set forth in the word of truth. Well, so much for Lydia. We pass on in the second place to consider the work which the Lord did upon her. He touched her heart. You know, some are like, like stones under the preaching of the gospel. Nothing seems to move them. Absolutely nothing. You would think they had a rock in their breast instead of a heart. It was the work of the Lord. 
heels on the other arm. And when you open that other heart, why? The word of grace got admittance to the very center of our being. For the heart rules the life, the heart rules the whole man. When Christ comes into the heart, what happens? This happens. All the affections gather there to adore the Lord of glory, to praise Him and to magnify His name. And when the affections gather there, the thoughts flock into to admire Him, to look upon Him, to see His beauty, His majesty. And then the will comes in. That will that had been so busy all the, all the years that were past, doing the will of the creature, that will comes in. No longer, no longer seeking to do the desires of the creature, but coming in humbly and brokenly and looking to the Lord, crying, Lord, what wilt thou have me to do? That's what happens when the Lord opens the heart. Now, this was the Lord's own work. There was one thing that Lydia couldn't say. That's something that some people do say. She couldn't say this. I open my heart to the Lord. Couldn't say that. The word makes it perfectly clear that it wasn't Lydia who opened her heart, but that it was the Lord who opened her heart. That's as clear as words can make. And only the Lord could open her heart. The apostles could. No minister, no preacher can open the heart of anyone. And the sinner can't open his heart. And even if the sinner could open his heart, he wouldn't. That is one thing true. Only the Lord has power to open the sinner's heart. And how does he open it? He opens it like this, invariably. He makes the soul willing, and then everything's easy. That's the way he opens the heart. He makes a willing people, or a willing soul, in a day of his health. The door is open. Christ goes in. Now, we have two great lessons brought before us here. And the first lesson is this. The folly of expecting sinners to open our hearts to Christ, of themselves. can't do it, and they won't do it. If they could do it, they won't do it. Now, as long as people think that given a certain preacher, hearts will be open, or as long as they think that the opening of the heart lies with the will of the creature, then, naturally, those who entertain these views will be looking to the preacher or will be looking to those who are happening to the gospel. 
Yeah. 
understand that under the preaching of the gospel, they don't do anything about it. If the gospel is anything at all, it is a practical thing. It's not a theory. It's not like a song that is there just to be listened to. The gospel is like a command. It is a command from heaven. There is the declaration of God, the explanation that is necessary, the doctrines that must be taught, and then there is a command of the King of Kings to believe and adore Jesus Christ that we may be saved. It's a practical thing, the most practical thing in the world. And Lydia realized that. She acted upon the message. She became the earnest and the earnest. She knew that she had much to learn. And she gave her earnest heed to those doctrines preached by Paul. That took up her time and attention. Now there are some people who think that once they are converted, they have reached the terminus. There's the end. Now that's another fatal mistake. Conversion is not a terminus, it's a beginning. It's the beginning of the spiritual life. It's the beginning of the way to heaven. And if anyone declares that he or she is converted, and I have not moved a step from there. It is quite evident that those part of such an idea are deceiving themselves. Conversion is not a termination, but it is a beginning. That is always the way when the Lord opens the heart. We find some who don't continue. They profess to be converted. But they don't continue on to know the Lord, to know Him better and better, to know the doctrines of His Word and the riches of His grace. They don't continue on to grow in grace and in the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ, but they stand there and they have nothing. That is, I was converted on such and such an occasion. That's all. Well, if they have that, and nothing but that, they have nothing at all, nothing worth coming, nothing that does come. The attention of Lydia was confined to the things which were spoken of Paul. Do you think that her attention was too confined? Some do. Concerning his word. And let us, if we be in earnest. 
in this matter. And if we be concerned about the salvation of our soul, let us see to it that we follow the example of Lydia and study this word. And study those books that will help us to understand the teachings of the Word of God. Sometimes we are saddened when we see some of our professed conversion. And perhaps they haven't been a couple of months professing conversion. When we see them taking, taking up the strange views and reading strange books, it's sad. The newborn babe must needs be fed upon a pure milk of the word. And to be taken up with strange views and to be reading those books which proclaim strange views is the way of disaster. Lydia was wise. She confined her attention to the things which are spoken of God. And let us do the same thing. The things that were spoken of God as the agent of the Holy Spirit, spoken of God and spoken by the other apostles. Let us confine our attention to those things, to the doctrines of the Word of God declared in the scriptures, declared by his servants, by voice and by pen. Let us be very careful what we read and what we hear. We are very careful as to our food, the food we give to our bodies. We make sure that it is wholesome food. Let us be just as careful of what we read, especially with respect to religious literature. Lydia had not the terrible awakening 
And does that not bring us on to say that it is necessary that we should give diligent attention to the Word of God? Of course, we have indicated already that this is necessary on the part of those who have been converted. But it's necessary on the part of those who are not converted that they should give diligent attention to the teachings of the Word, that they should seek to find out what these doctrines teach. And you can't do better in that respect than use the shorter catechism and the Westminster Confession of Thieves as manuals for teaching you what are the doctrines of the Word of God enable you to understand the teachings of the Word. Now, that won't save you. That won't convert you of itself. That, as I have said already, you can't be saved without it, without giving your attention to the doctrines that are taught in God's Word. Another just as we conclude, let me ask you the question, where do you find yourself with respect to those doctrines? Are you able to say that they have been blessed to you? Or must you say that you really never thought very seriously about the matter? Where do you find yourself? Thy word and apply it now. 
is a word of a word in season and a word of power. Oh, and Lord, that poor sinners may commit their peace unto, unto Christ. May he see of the travel of his soul and be satisfied even here this evening. Do thou bless us, Lord. Give us wisdom that we may wait upon thee and that we may realize how valuable, how unspeakably precious thy blessing is. Hear us, we beseech thee, and take away our sins for the Redeemer's sin.